0: The Performance Lab podcast would like to acknowledge that the land on which we learn and work is the land of the Lenape, Wappinger, and Muncie people.
1: The Performance Lab podcast is invested in the sharing of knowledge and cultivation of curiosity between makers.
0: We invite guest artists to lead a workshop with the MFA candidates of Sarah Lawrence College, after which we interview them. We ask questions tailored to their individual practice, delving deeper into the how and the why of creation. Inspiration is all around us, but how do we hone in on the subjects that drive us?
1: They share with us their tips, tricks, and sources. Of inspiration,
0: reflect on past performances slash projects, and keep us up to date on what is next. Stay
1: tuned for the Performance Lab podcast.
0: Hello, my name is Michelle Coles. I'm a first year graduate student in the MFA theater program here at Sarah Lawrence. We are joined today by Noel Elaine, Artistic Director of the Bushwick Star. Noel is a graduate of Skidmore College and the Juilliard School's Drama Division. He has helped develop the Star's Workshop Creating Performance and the after-school program Big Green Theater. He has served as a panelist for the NYSCA, LMCC, The Shed, Sundance Theater Lab, and Here's Harp Residency. Most recently, he also led this year's SLC graduate students in a workshop. Noel, would you like to give us a quick recap of how the workshop went and a little of what we did?
1: Yeah, I tried to gear the conversation towards you know, hearing from the group about their their major points of interest. Um, So we talked, you know, a lot about the star, how it was formed, but also about how someone like me, who's, you know, like an artistic director, someone working at uh, a theater, meets artists, um, and I think even more importantly, how artists communicate and meet um, people like me at organizations to introduce themselves and introduce their work. And we talked uh, a bunch about working in communities, um, how you build relationships with your community, um, for the star specifically, you know, how we're building Ourselves as an arts uh, organization in Bushwick that um, that serves our neighbors. Um, so we talked a lot about the process of of building that over time and um, the things that that we've learned through doing that at the Star. Yeah, um, I mean a bunch of other things too. But
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a really great ad laugh. Yeah, I would love to hear maybe a little bit more about how you found your passion for theater, what your path was.
1: I was saying, in, you know, in our conversation, there was a theater down the street from us, relatively close, called the Vokes Theater that did um, professional productions. And I remember as a kid going there, we saw, I remember very specifically seeing Wait Until Dark there. They did a production of Wait Until Dark. That I think they, in my memory um, in that, the part of that show towards the end of the climax, when she um, breaks all the lights in the house, so it's pitch black and it's just her and the killer in the apartment in the pitch black. I think they must've broken some, uh, some, some codes because I don't remember a speck of light in the room, sitting there in the dark and feeling like I was in that apartment and is so scared and excited. And just like, that growing feeling of like, I love what this art form is able to do and the, the, the immediate feeling it's able to create. So, you know, uh, when I got into high school, I will say I had I had a um, I was not able to sing or dance. And, uh, you know, you do a lot of musicals <laughs> when you're younger. And um, that was not my forte. But when I got into high school, I had a teacher who Uh, Was very Shakespeare um, focused, and I'm I'm from Massachusetts. And he had done a lot of work with Shakespeare and Company uh, in Lenox, Mass. And so he brought a lot of their techniques um, into our classroom. And I, I found that I, um, you know, this was my my niche, and um, I really owe a lot to him to like helping me find like my place in in as a performer. And uh, then when I went to college um, at Skidmore, I discovered the avant-garde, which I had had no exposure to before. Um, the city company came and they performed um, a, a show called Small Lives, Big Dreams when I was uh, early in my freshman year. And I'd never seen anything like it before. And it just blew my mind. Um, and I realized, oh, this is kind of something, this is this is in line with my interest in terms of how I want to, what kinds of things I want to create, how I want to communicate. I wasn't I, I liked performing and acting uh in, in more like straight plays, but I really was inspired by different forms and um and people who are using performance in a more you know abstract way. And I'd say that my now my tastes really vary across the board and I think you know I, I love I love all sorts all forms of, of performance but that expanded expanded my understanding of what was possible and what was out there and um yeah I was there with some great people we started a theater company when I graduated well before we graduated and I got to learn one great thing at Skidmore is that they really like teach you how to have your be hands-on in all the aspects of um of theater making so when we formed a company you know we were doing producing and the, the tech side. And we were just like kind of a team in performing. And, you know, it was like a team that did everything. And that was a really great experience. And was informed, uh, very much informed the how we run the star and created the star together. The people, you know, Sue Kessler and Jay Maury who were, you know, the, the two people that were like with, we were the original three who kind of um, started to build the star as it is now. Um, We were all, went to school together, all part of that theater company. So we had all that experience under our belt. Yeah, that's kind of how I, you know, how I built my interest. And then in New York, oh, I went back to school. I went to Juilliard uh, for acting because I wanted to continue to like study the craft of acting. And um, that was an incredibly valuable experience. I learned a tremendous amount. It's actually a big confidence building experience as well. And, um, but uh, maybe you know, this is life, right? It's a twisty turny road, like after I got out of school. um, In fact, when I was still there is when we started kind of crafting the early days of the star. And uh, instead of becoming a full-time actor, I become a full-time artistic director.
0: I'm curious about what that transition is from performer to artistic director, because I think artistic directing is something that is so fluid and changes from theater to theater and what those responsibilities are. Um, but I'm curious what you think the modern contemporary theater needs in an in, in artistic director and how you kind of tried to fill that in for the Bushwick.
1: Well, I'll start by saying when I, when I became the artistic director, I... I didn't know what that meant. Um, we 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 definitely we didn't have a lot of experience in those kinds of roles. So I've learned a lot through doing it. It's been extremely educational in many ways. But um, I think if you you know to answer your question about what I think the the I guess the, the theater needs in these roles um, and the the way that I've the way that I've learned to operate uh, is that I think um, you need um, someone who's a good listener. Uh, I try to be a good listener, uh, sometimes better that, you know, at, at times than others, but, but what I mean by that is, you know, uh, at the star, when we're supporting an artist, it's all about helping, helping them achieve their vision and they're really leading us. Um, and that goes from, you know, per the production side of things to, you know, the administrative fundraising side to the, the work that's on the stage. So in terms of like my role as artistic director, and I think I was saying this earlier, I find that I, I take my cues from the artist. I'm there to be an outside eye. I'm there to offer, you know, thoughts and um, observations and notes that uh, I, try to, I try to establish they can take or leave. I've gotten advice, I'll say, that um, I should be more, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, like I should be more um, assertive with my, you know, control. <laughs> and I uh, don't agree with that, um, with that assessment. I think, it, you know, it, it depends on what kind of institution you're running. And I can understand where that philosophy comes from, but we are not that kind of institution. Um, I would rather support an artist in their journey and and, and and help support them going someplace that is a surprise to me um, and maybe even a surprise to them because it's a discovery process. Uh, then feel like I am making sure that it works in a specific way that fits some expectation of my own. And I think that that's important. Um, I think you need to make that room. That's where the great the greatest surprises and the greatest some of the greatest success we've had is when something that didn't seem to be clear was discovered maybe in the last minute, you know, because it had the room to be discovered. And then it became something, you know, a revelation. We've had a few shows that I felt we weren't sure what was going to happen you know like is this going to work or did, we don't know but they be and, and that became some of our most successful you know shows that we've run so i would say yes um listening courage <laughs> uh willingness to fail um i don't think the art form is a uh commercial one um that doesn't mean you can't have commercial success but overall it's not a commercial endeavor and so it, that willingness to take chances, that willingness to potentially fail because you are not holding on too tight, because you're letting something be discovered right up through the entire process. Um, I think it's important. I think it's important. And sometimes it doesn't lead, you know, you don't end up with, you know, sold out houses and you have to, you have to make room for that. I think you really do.
0: Yeah. And looking at, you know, the past year, I've dove in a little bit to the programming of the star just in preparation for the interview and y'all have had some really amazing virtual offerings happening I'm curious what you think the role of virtual theater is going to play once we're post-pandemic or post whatever you want to call it
1: (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of virtual theater I don't like being forced into this space we are having to you know be in right now our intention with the choices we made this past year were to find things that we're responding directly to this format, not trying to take something that wanted to be live and and, and bring it into this. So for me, that meant uh, Misha Chowdhury's piece was uh, the Chitra, that whole series were pieces he was making very intentionally. Um, they were video pieces. They were pieces to be experienced on the screen. So that was, he was very mindful of that. And that was one of the reasons that we um, included that in the season. And then Agnes Berinsky's, um labs that she was conducting, the um, working groups for A New Spirit was a very specific reaction to this, this moment in time. You know, they were conversations uh, on Zoom and I think actually worked really well in this format. It's nice to gather in a room, of course, but these were um, opportunities for people to reflect, to meditate uh, together, to think about the theme, big themes, um, in this period of time when we were suffering a lot of anxiety and a lot of, um, uh, questions about how our lives were changing. Um, so she was providing this space for people to do that. And because it was on zoom, people can do it from the comfort of their homes. They could have their camera on, they could turn their camera off depending on how like you know, comfortable they felt. So, and I thought that actually was a great use of the format and a great response to the conditions uh, that we were living in. A- as we move forward, I'll say, I, I, to be really honest and frank, like I don't have a lot of interest in Zoom theater or digital theater at all. But I'll say the thing that it has done that I am interested in discovering is, is access. I both really believe in the What's so you know what's so special about a small group of people, relatively small group of people gathering in a room together, that is a special event. but it also limits the, the people who can access that thing and experience that thing. And um, this digital format definitely helps at least bring, you know, if it's not the the, the actual live experience, a, as close as you can get to more people, and that is appealing that's appealing for many reasons. And um, of course, there's lots of questions in terms of access about like technology in this realm. I mean, there, as we've been experiencing with the education system, there are lots of people who don't have access to the technology to you know, experience something on a computer. They don't have the device, they don't have the internet. So there's a lot of um, inequity there, but certainly it, it does open it up. It definitely opens it up to more people than, than just you know the live performance does. So I think we're starting to ask questions about: Is there a way of, you know, doing that more with with the work that we do? There's, of course, a lot of questions about actors' equity and things like that. That you know, there are some rules regarding that. But um, but I think it's a conversation that probably will. I would imagine it's a conversation that would be had uh, more now that we've gone through this and experienced, um, you know, people all over the world getting to engage with work that we're we're putting up. So. That's the part of the conversation I'm interested in.
0: Another part of the research I kind of found about the Bushwick Star is that y'all have such amazing community engagement programs. Uh, I would love to know about how those programs came to be, what the need was, either that you heard from the community or how you got into those rooms to find out what the community wanted or needed and how, yeah, with this expansion of access now with virtual theater, uh, any plans for the future?
1: Yes. Okay. So we started with our after-school program, Big Green Theater, the way that we came to the decision to do that was through conversations that we were having locally, um, starting with our community board, um, just going to meetings, meeting people. We did a survey at one point to ask people like what they thought was lacking in terms of arts programming, especially for, well, I don't think we actually asked if specifically about kids, but that we got feedback through that survey that um, programming for kids or like family programming was, was something I was lacking and after school arts programming. So we created a uh, after school playwriting program that also had this climate justice, you know, s- uh, component to it. So they were learning about the environment. They were learning about climate change. Um, increasingly. Learning about as as this became more and more part of the conversation about how like climate justice and um, social justice are are linked, learning about these issues and then writing plays inspired by the, you know, the, the issues they were learning about being like the main, the main problems of the plays. We uh, in collaboration with Superhero Clubhouse, who we partnered for you know 10 years um, running this program, we we kept developing that after school program. But that led, and then that led to other conversations and um, connections with other organizations, which is really important. So um, I think one of our strongest partnerships locally is with El Puente. They're a youth uh, leadership um, organization. that's very arts focused in both Williamsburg and in Bushwick. And we've been running a like creating performance, we call it, workshop twice a year with them that works, that works with kids that are a little older, more like high school age and some actually like early college. And then through like our relationship that was born out of the first year of Big Green Theater with Flaco Jimenez, he started a program called Shake on the Block that uh, engages with uh, kids of different ages to work on a play of Shakespeare's and they kind of uh, create their own production using some of the original language, some of their own language, you know, studying the story. And then performing it, and um, we've started to support a middle school uh, workshop of that that happens uh, starts right about now and goes into uh, to the end of the school year. And so, I guess you know the 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 way that we've grown these programs started with us just talking to people we were meeting in the community to find out where the need was, and then that understanding grew from these partnerships and continued dialogue. Every year, I feel like when we go back to, it's not like it's set in stone. We kind of, we, we review what happened last year. We talk about what we want to change. We talk about like, what are the needs are this year? And then also when we have class, whoever the students are who show up, we talk about what we want to do. It's not, uh, it's not a prescribed curriculum necessarily. Um, we're there to, to facilitate, to guide, Um, And again, to, to listen. And I think that that is the, that's the foundation of um, being a good resource, being like building trusting relationships in your community uh, is, yeah, talking and listening and um, responding.
0: I'm curious, just because the Bushwick does do so much work, if you could jump back to the early 2000s and give your younger founding of the theater self any advice, what would you want to tell him?
1: Well, I feel like this process has taught me a hell of a lot um, in a a lot of areas. And I think that when we're talking about community, we're talking about racial justice um, and how an organization responds to those issues. Uh, We're talking about gentrification, which we have definitely uh, been, you know, experienced in Bushwick. And the star has definitely been part of that process, whether we like it or not. I think I'd have a lot to tell my younger self just in terms of like educating him about um, the thing, you know, jumping to a place where I could more intelligently make decisions. <laughs> I think we made a lot of the right ones uh, in in kind of like setting the stage for ourselves. But I definitely was ignorant of a lot of things that I have become less ignorant of over the years. And it's, uh, I don't know, anyway it's so complex. But I think the question of how to be um, an arts leader, especially someone such as myself, uh, a white man, um, how to continue to be an advocate, an advocate for your community an advocate for the people you work with, how not to take up too much space how to lead from the center, which is something I am learning how to do and is a, and, and is a skill that takes a lot of practice. Um, I think that kind of advice is, I'd have a lot of advice for myself back then, more just like, hey, let me, let, me, let me help you open your eyes a little bit more than they are right now. Let me make you more aware.
0: I'm curious, is there anything you're wanting to plug for the Bushwick star?
1: uh yeah i'd like to say our season is not over and the two things that we are currently doing we'll be doing later are um both live which is exciting to me they're not inside well i'm gonna correct myself one is uh whitney white's definition which will be in june and that will actually be indoors it will it will be off site right it'll be at um mercury store in Gowanus, which is a, a new or a new building actually that is hosting us um, and whitney has kind of deconstructed her script definition to become more of like um, almost like a pop-up museum experience and so the person showing up will have more of like a gallery experience than like going to see a show like you'll move through there'll be an audio component you'll be experiencing a lot of like Sounds, there's music the show's a musical, so you have the experience on the music and dialogue from the show, but also in concert with these more um, installation like sections of the space, uh, more like more like a museum. And um, but right now Flaco's show, Taxilandia, is happening, and Taxilandia is an experience. Of Bushwick that is uh, um, that takes a few forms. One is uh, actually in a cab with Flacco. He's driving you around Bushwick, telling you about the history, about the culture, helping you see Bushwick fully. You know, like Flacco grew up here. He he wants an experience where people can get to know the Bushwick that he grew up in as opposed, and talking about the gentrification that's happening right now, um, making that a conversation, bringing it out into the open, it's a great experience. But um, because it's in a car, it's only for maximum three people at a time. Those people have to be potted too, if you're gonna have multiple people in the backseat of a car um, with, with the COVID restrictions. So um, there's a lottery to get tickets to that, but you can also do something called Textilandia, <laughs> which is a text tour where you, um, uh, can you you go to the same place where you get picked up in the cab, text a number, and you get instructions, uh, to walk around Bushwick and information about where you are and things to look at, which is, um, a kind of great way to spend an afternoon and also obviously an experience a lot more people can have. So I want people to know about that, uh, and enter the lottery and, um, have that experience, because it's really, it's incredible what Flaco's created, and it's something that's been years in the making for him, something he's been dreaming about for, since he was driving a cab in Bushwick, and it's, it's really something, uh, really something unique.
0: It's so exciting hearing about non-virtual theater happenings, even if it's not quite in a theater yet.
1: <laughs> totally, I know it. I know I'm very happy it's great to like show up and actually you know even if it's just on the street like see people in person it's lovely
0: thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us Noel Um, I highly recommend checking out everything that he just went over. And if you can go to the Bushwick Stars website to get tickets to these awesome events. The Performance Lab podcast was brought to you by Contemporary Performance Network in association with the Sarah Lawrence College Theater MFA program. For more information, please visit our websites at www.contemporaryperformance.com or www.slctheater.com.
1: Thank uh-huh. you. Uh-huh.